Live from the Lincoln Douglas Building in downtown Quincy. The only local show taking a principled stand on the issues of the day. This is how it happens. It's the natural process of things. The view of the entrenched is predictable, but it's also erroneous. With Sean Seacrease. We have an addiction in this country, not only to government welfare and government handouts, but more fundamentally to other people's money. And Quaid. Again, you're dancing with government. This is the morning meeting. You cannot continue to advocate for status quo when status quo has run the ship aground. On Talk Radio 930, WTAD. It's already Wednesday. It is debate day. Much more on that coming up this morning on the morning meeting. Sean Sacrace Queen alongside you this morning. We're going to get things kicked off, though. Backwards. Is today National Backwards Day, or it, did you wear that shirt like that on purpose? It, uh, it's not on backwards. It looks good on you, crisscross. We're going to start the show in reverse today. Travis Aiken, the executive director of ILAW. Our guest this morning uh, on the morning meeting. Travis, you asked for this uh, different placement. Are your metrics telling you that this is a higher rated segment of the show than we usually have you on, or do you have something else going on today? <laughs> it, would, it would be the latter. <laughs> it's already choked up over the show today. <laughs> Travis Aiken, executive director of ILAW, our guest this morning on the morning meeting. <laughs> You were you were uh, you really chopping at the bitquay to to get to Travis about something uh, well, when we had him on this morning. It's interesting because I'm going through uh, my notes here that I that I printed out for today's show, and apparently I printed out the same notes three times. I could have sworn I had extra things, but I got three versions of the same story out here, and, and it's about a class action suit, Travis, uh, concerning uh, inmates in Cook County jails who are uh, all on board for uh, suing because well, they say that, I guess, their bail is too high and it violates their rights because they're poor. Have, have you heard about this suit? Uh, I, I have not, but this, this uh, I might have to post this on our, on our Facebook page. This, this, is, this is good stuff. Uh, here, let me, let me, it's not a, it's not a long story and I've printed it three times apparently. So let, let me share it with you. Uh, it's a copy briefly. for each of us. It's a, this is Associated Press. So apologies in advance for how poorly it's written. Uh, newly filed lawsuit says thousands of poor, largely African-American inmates are being held improperly at the Cook County jail because they cannot afford to post cash bail. A uh, lawsuit filed in dun, 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 Cook County Circuit Court Friday by attorneys for two inmates, Zachary Robinson and Michael Lewis, seeks class action status on behalf of others in jail custody. Uh, includes uh, Sheriff Tom Dart as uh, defendant. Uh, the plaintiffs say the practice under Illinois law of setting bail amounts in excess of what inmates can pay violates their constitutional rights. Oh, regardless of what they that they've done, that that shouldn't be a factor in determining yeah. their their bail. Yeah, uh, yeah, you know, I, I mean, this this is the kind of uh, I mean, law, law, inmates uh, provide great um, morning uh, uh, talk show fodder for uh, for a good way to start the day because they just come up with these crazy crazy lawsuits and somehow they find uh, attorneys willing to, to carry the water for them and, and file the lawsuits. It's just amazing. Mm -hmm. Wow. 
Well, then, Travis, this gets to an idea, though, that has gained steam lately, and that is that uh, justice for one may not be justice for all, and that under our legal code that minorities are unfairly burdened. This gets back to the idea of displaced economic resources, and it really becomes a, a cocktail of many different things. But at its core, the question is, is are we all equal before the law or does the law bend to each one of us? Because if we're all equal before the law, that means your economic circumstance shouldn't be taken into account when setting a bail, whether it's for a a robbery or a homicide. Those things are are often different depending on what the charges are. Well, and, and should policies like this be decided in a civil lawsuit? I mean, isn't this more of a legislative question? Isn't this more of something that uh, we, we should look at uh, in terms of, of the policies and the precedents that, that we set in accordance with, with our laws? I mean, if this really were about uh, fairness, if this really were about trying to, to right a wrong, uh, why are you taking it to court? Uh, it, it, it seems to me that this is more about money. This is more about creating a cash win, windfall, courtesy of Cook County taxpayers, uh, than it is about really trying to correct a, a, a so-called in, injustice. Because the uh, the, the bail uh, settings and the different uh, things that we we do shouldn't those kind of policies be done uh, with. Uh, with something a little bit more than deciding it in in a in a civil in a civil court, would, um, you know, and you and to your point about equal standing under the laws, it doesn't really matter what your your uh, economic cir- circumstances are. I mean, the bail is, is is set based on you know kind of the uh, the the seriousness of the crime with which you've been charged, right? I mean, gen- generally speaking, isn't that how how it usually works? Yeah, I don't think there's a sliding scale based on what your tax returns are. Yeah, well, and, and for those right. who, who don't watch Law & Order, we should point out that uh, a bail will be set at a number, and usually the bond that you have to post is, is 10% of that. So you're, you're really looking at two different numbers a lot of times. Right, and, uh, you know, there are businesses out there where you can, uh, <laughs> if you don't have, the, the the cash you can drop off your your possessions or <laughs> whatever to collect you know to to get the money to uh, to to make the, the make bail. I mean there there there's businesses out there that will help you uh, help you do that. So uh, yeah, this is a yeah you know, you know th- th- on the surface it's kind of a funny. Uh, anecdotal type type lawsuit, but I, I think there's some really serious undertones that, that, that to this lawsuit that need to be uh, need to be considered because you know it, it gets to the question that that you raised, Sean, that about you know are we e- really equal under the law, and that and that's that's a serious question, and you know th- this is what happens when you have personal injury lawyers trying to game game the system they just make a mockery of our legal process make a lot mockery of our laws uh by filing these these ridiculous junk lawsuits i mean this is a serious issue that should not be decided in in a civil uh, case with inmates who who uh claim they're being picked on because they they don't make enough money i mean uh, that, that that's not how how 
policies like this should be decided. But yet this is what happens because you have personal injury lawyers going out and filing these junk, ridiculous lawsuits. Man, you're, you're raising my blood pressure today, guys. <laughs> well, and, and, you know, I, I wanted to follow up with that and say all it's going to take is, uh, you know, theoretically under this system, the first time somebody who's charged with attempted manslaughter gets bail set at $50 and they have to post five because that's what they have in their pocket, and then another crime is committed while they're out on bail because it was $5, now you have another outcry you know, to this. So this is something that has serious ramifications. And, and to be clear, I think that this is a, a different uh, circumstance than what we had heard previously. If you remember, and this is going back a couple of years, in, in Ferguson there were findings that there were people who lived there who couldn't pay certain fines for mm-hmm. like parking tickets or whatever and had been jailed because of that, that they couldn't pay the fines. I think this is different. This is about bail. And by the way, Travis, uh, in addition to the sheriff there, uh, several Cook County judges have been named as defendants as well. Do you think it's more, you think it's more likely then that this moves through, or will it slow it down? <laughs> well, uh, I think if you're targeting judge, judges, uh, that that's a that's a really quick way to get your lawsuit dismissed. Um, you, you know, they they uh, they don't take too kindly to that kind of. Uh, uh, that kind of behavior. So I, that's not that's not a particularly good strategy there. But uh, so I, I don't think a lawsuit like this is going to have have legs. Judges have need to have discretion in deciding where where to set bail, and and also uh, and and taking into con- account uh, well, how dangerous is a person to to society. A, a you know particular. Uh, particular suspect, and uh, I certainly, if I were a judge, I certainly wouldn't want that on my conscience. I wouldn't want to set a ridiculously low bail, knowing that you know I'm putting out, uh, putting a you know a, a potential violent criminal back back on the on the streets. I, mean, I guess I'm showing my my age here, but I remember the uh, 1988 presidential campaign when uh, Governor Michael Dukakis had. Uh, you know the, the the furlough days for uh, for for prisoners, and uh, there was one ad that aired in in one market in in, in a national election, the Willie Horton ad, uh, where you know uh, someone was out on one of these furloughs <clears throat> and actually committed a violent crime, and uh, that one ad, uh, this was before social media. Uh, just airing it a few times completely sunk the Michael Dukakis campaign. Who wants to, you know, what elected uh, leader and, and judges all face election at some point or another in their career? What elected leader wants to have something like that on, on their conscience? I mean, uh, they need to have discretion in making those determinations. Uh, also, Travis, uh, just at the end of this story here from the Associated Press, uh, apparently the sheriff's department has a chief policy officer, and she says that uh, uh, Sheriff Dart, and I'm going to quote now, has worked tirelessly to change a bail system that she calls that she calls unconscionable, uh, but found the lawsuit puzzling and defying logic. Yeah, again, that, that goes to my earlier point. There are other means of changing. Uh, how these these decisions are made, and and there there's other ways to educate judges and educate people in the legal process, of, uh, you know, about 
uh, your your concerns. And I, I mean, uh, something other than filing a ridiculous lawsuit like this that again is, is more about money. How is this this lawsuit going to necessarily help these? If it gets class action status, which you know, hopefully it doesn't. But if it does, uh, you know, this is this is it's the personal injury lawyers who are going to make out on this, not not the inmates, not the people who are harmed. It's going to be you know a few named defendants might get get some cash, but uh, beyond that, it'll, it'll the vast majority of the money will go to the go to the law firm bringing the lawsuit. And how how is that justice? I mean, uh, one of the key questions that I, I just got to chime in on this a little bit because one of my key questions is, is uh, depending on the lawsuit, I mean, considering everything, like what do these people, you know, for example, go up for? What do, what do they get charged with, you know, and how was their bail set in the Koreans? Like what, you know, what's the backstory to this? That's that's the only thing that I, it seems to be like a reoccurring thing that we're all wondering about. And I don't have that from the from the AP story. I don't I don't have the the details of what led to this other than people think that or, or that there's a system uh, put in place, uh, the bail system, they don't feel represents inmates in, in a fair and equitable way. Well, it, it also seems like they're alleging malfeasance from those specific judges that were named in it as well. Mm-hmm. So if, if you're alleging a a bias by the court then that's something that i think that's something they're playing on the tenor travis in the in the national storyline right now of this sort of raw edge of emotion when it comes to race relations in the u.s and they may be striking at this opportune moment to try and play that up Uh, i think that's exactly what they're trying to do Um, play on the the emotion of the situation uh, to to get a to get a big payday or a potential big payday. Yeah, potential. That's a that's a good word for it. But you're right. A lot of the frivolous lawsuits, and, and you would know because you watch so much of it, comes from the prison population. Because let's face it, they've got the time to look into it. Well, yeah, I, I find it interesting too. You know, they want to tie judges' hands. Um, when it comes to what kind of bail they, they, they set, they're okay with, uh, you know, limiting judges' discretion when it comes to a situation like this, if it means they get to make some money. Uh, but then when it comes to things like, oh, say, caps on non-economic damages to in, in uh, medical malpractice lawsuits or any other lawsuits where you try to interject some reasonable limitations so that you you can't fleece people uh you know on the at least on the 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 non-economic damage portion of a uh uh, of a judgment or settlement oh we can't have that uh we can't restrict judges uh that that's unconstitutional um you know there's no consistency here yeah the personal injury lawyers their only position their only viewpoint is to take the side that pays them the most money. There's no logic, there's no reason, there's no consistency to any of their positions. And, uh, and that's why it's fun to to uh, expose them for who they are. Tra- Travis Aiken, uh, Illinois Lawsuit Abuse Watch, uh, our guest this morning uh, on the morning meeting. Travis, you've shared with us before a website that uh, kind of, I won't say grades, but kind of grades uh, judges across the uh, land of Lincoln. Quick reminder, what is that website again? 
IllinoisJudges.net is the is the website, and that that is a tremendous resource for people to go and get educated on who is running for judge, what uh, and it kind of chronicles their uh, stories that highlight uh, things about them in, in the media, uh, and it's a it's it's a good resource. It's a great tool for for a prospective voter. Uh, to get informed about some of these down-ballot judicial elections that, quite frankly, we don't hear very much about. Uh, also, and, and I, uh, part of our listening audience is in the uh, Show Me State, and you're not that far from Missouri. I understand that, that uh, judge retention in Missouri is different than it is uh, here in Illinois. Is there a, an equivalent? Is there a Missouri equivalent website for Missouri judges? <clears throat> uh, not, not to my knowledge. And, um I, you know, I'm really mostly focused on on things that are going on uh, in in Illinois. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I don't know where to point uh, point folks folks in, in Missouri, but I, you know, I'll, I'll, I can do my homework and find out. Okay, Travis Aiken, Illinois Lawsuit Abuse Watch. Dot uh, is it is it dot org or dot dot com? org dot org dot yeah, org. Il Lawsuit Abuse Watch dot, dot, org, dot org. I was just drawing a blank there this morning i'm gl- <laughs> glad i do it for myself rather than paying the hourly to have uh, someone in the legal profession draw that blank up for me travis aiken you could uh, you could find him online there and uh, do your due diligence looking mm-hmm. into the uh, judge background before you go and uh, vote in those appropriate races in your precinct in your uh, voting area uh, coming up on this next election travis thank you so much for the time appreciate the insight sorry we got your blood pressure up yeah. already this morning <laughs> Hey, thanks for having me on, and thanks for working with my schedule today. Appreciate it. Travis Aiken, I-Law, with us this morning on the morning meeting. All he needs is a ski, and he can help settle that blood pressure down. He's good for a lot of things. Uh, Settle it down a little bit. All right, coming up this morning on the morning meeting, what you got to watch after you were done watching your training video and why one Illinois agency is a little bit embarrassed by it. And who's not paying the bills, so why are they coming after you next on the morning meeting? Giving conservatives a voice in the tri-states. I mean, this stuff moves people. It's the morning meeting on Talk Radio 930 WTAD. WTAD. It's the morning meeting on Talk Radio 930 WTAD. Sean Secret Squade with you this morning. Coming up on the second half of the show, I'll get you ready for tonight's final presidential debate. But before that, Quade, training videos are almost unilaterally boring. So how do you spice them up? How about a little adult entertainment on the end? <laughs> Of course. Why not? This is obviously a mid-level management decision. Well, it wasn't actually a decision. The Illinois Emergency Management Agency has been scrambling Oh, to... it's a government? This, yeah. Oh, yep. this isn't even a private business nope. that's decided to nope. sauce it up? Tax dollars. Wait, wait uh, a minute. Is this in Illinois? The Illinois Emergency Management Agency. Now, they didn't do this intentionally. They've been Where scrambling to disable a video, a, a training video, that was apparently posted to YouTube. Now, what happens is there was complaints that at the end of the training video, the screen would go black for a few moments, and then a saucy adult entertainment video would follow. Well, you got two problems. One, YouTube doesn't allow adult entertainment videos on them. And two, this is, I was relating a story the other day. There is an age cutoff that without very specific training, 
once you reach a certain age in life, you shouldn't be allowed to try attempt to, to operate a computer unsupervised. I had this at a, uh, a, a, a big box store experience last week. There was a gentleman, personable, helpful, in his late 60s. He obviously had no hyper-intensive computer training, and it led to a long loss of my time. Loss, a long enough loss of my time that I stood there and looked at the team of three that when he put the help beacon up, came to respond and said, uh, for helping you troubleshoot the holes in your inventory control system, I think that's worth about 15% off. And they all looked at me like I had just, you know, executed a baby in front of them. <laughs> now, I did end up getting a discount on that because you, you nice, you well played, sir. You can't get it if you don't ask. But you're talking about, by the way, this is a good lesson group. for everybody out there. If, if you are inconvenienced in any way, oh, take every, the Sean, play the Sean rule. Everything in life is negotiable. <laughs> that's. You know what? I, I just don't is. think most people go through life thinking that way, but you're right. Everything is just an opening salvo. That's the way I look at things. Now, a lot of places, if you're just going to pick up toothpaste, come on. I mean, just get in, get out. It's a waste of time. But if you're, you know, moving up the the expenditure scale, we, we understand this intrinsically with the car departments, right? With with car dealers. That's just that's just oh, sure. That, that number on the window is the icebreaker. It's your opening line to the guy or girl that you'd like to talk to. Mm-hmm, You're not going to mm-hmm. close the deal for that. Oh, well, and with, with houses and stuff like that. Oh, with real exactly estate. the yeah, same th- thing. We'll negotiate on, on larger things, but apparently right. if we're, we're going to buy some tools or, or, or some, some... Now, this was an appliance, so it was a larger okay. you know, layout. But yeah, no, this was... And I wouldn't have brought it up if they hadn't wasted like half an hour of my time Trying to get, you know, next year's septuagenarian through a computer program that didn't work. Okay. So that's, this is, this is, but see, this is a double down with. Back to the what, sauce. What, what I believe are, are, is the misunderstanding of how technology works by older Americans. So the Illinois Emergency Management Agency is scrambling to, quote, uh, delete the saucy footage that was coming up after their two and a half minute training video was watched. The report issued to YouTube said, quote, at the end of the presentation, the screen would go black for a few moments, and then a saucy video would, would come up. We're wondering if our system was hijacked or if someone stuck it on there. It turns out. Uh, hang on, let me guess. Somebody had, like, put this onto a VHS tape before they recorded it in? No. No, it turns out they just didn't understand how YouTube worked. Turns out the screen going black for a few minutes was the end of their video. Right. And then it would, on YouTube, it loads up the next video. They just hadn't set the parameters correctly. Oh, okay. So this wasn't to the, screen out. Okay. So this had nothing to do with. It wasn't actually, no. The, the, right. the, the, the adult sauciness was not shot or included on or recommended by the Illinois Emergency Even Management Agency. Even by accident. No, no, it wasn't. Somebody just didn't click or unclick. The right things so that the following videos, essentially somebody misclicked something so that the video that followed it was always the same one. And it was, uh, now YouTube does not allow for pornography. You can watch the same video over again. Yes. But they give you a countdown towards what the next video is going to be Mm -hmm. and they give you the the title of it. So I I don't even understand how sauce worked into that because you're right. YouTube doesn't. They had linked them apparently inadvertently. And YouTube does not allow uh, pornography, adult entertainment. So I would like to see the video to see what they're describing. Because, yeah, now how I'm are they curious, linked? But they've now unlinked it and set it up that if you watch it, it doesn't load further viewing choices. It just loops back to the beginning of okay. the training video. I just don't. I, I, yeah, what, what 
what have they labeled this as to where what I it's closely now, linked to some sauce? The, the, uh, the training video? Yeah. What? Did, <laughs> what they didn't what? say what the training video was. Maybe, ah, you know, ah, ah, ah. That's, now, now you're raising more questions than you're giving answers. But no. just know that this is, uh, this is uh, 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 the ineptness on some fronts of government at work for you. Uh, burr, burr, burr. More here in the state of Illinois. And I, this is also something that I found uh, very interesting. Uh, several thousand Springfield Clinic patients uh, got a rude surprise the other day. They're insured through the uh, Illinois State Health Plan. If you're, if you're a patient and you're insured, you're, you're working for government mm. and you're insured through the Illinois State Health Plan, uh, the Springfield Clinic has given up for now on trying to collect the copayment from your employer, the state, because they're so far behind, and they're just coming after you for the out-of-pocket costs that are, quote, detailed on your agreement. So that then you have to go to your employer. No, they're only be... coming after you for, for your, your copay, essentially. But right. they've given up going to the state for now because of the backlog. Oh, okay. Uh, to get the employers out. They're not trying to collect all of it from oh, okay. from the uh, client, but they're, they are, are uh, now uh, pushing the urgency of collecting the copay from you ahead of their ability to collect from government. The clinic is owed $68 million by the state of Illinois for I, their just, okay, I, I employee guess costs. Ha- having never been part of that plan, I guess, th- don't mm-hmm. you just slap the copay down when you're there? Uh, no, no. Uh, I thought you would know a little bit more about this, seeing as uh, uh, how all the money's made in your house. Uh, typically, what happens with copay is they go to the employer or whoever takes on the most of it, get that money, and then come after you for what's left on the back end. On the on the back oh, end. Okay. So yeah, that's that's at least how this is set up. Okay. And uh, it's another situation. We talk a lot about unfunded pension liability in the state and, and the, the giant anchor, the giant albatross that it is on Illinois' economic ability. But there are other things in the system that are going to have to be dealt with. And a, a latency state, a debtor state, these are going to be large drains. Because once you take that, you say, well, the, the, the state's good for it. Well, that doesn't help that clinic pay their doctors, pay their nurses, right. pay their PAs, uh, you know, pay their techs. Pay all of these people plus uh, get in more equipment or, or expand. Now you see the trap of not being able to pay as you're supposed to because you're actually dragging down the entire system. Yeah, the ripple from, effect. Yeah, yeah, from you know I- improving, from uh, continuing to churn. Maybe that's a raise they can't give. That becomes uh, less economic spending power that each person that works at that clinic has. They can't go out and, and buy the things that they normally would think about. It, and so now you have less money moving in the state. So you do have this huge chain effect. It also gives you an understanding of why there are places who won't do business. With, with the, the state. state. Yep, absolutely. All right, coming up this morning on the morning meeting, we'll get you ready for tonight's final presidential debate in Vegas next on the morning meeting. Where we go, others will follow. That's who we are. Even if it's not the best idea. The morning meeting on Talk Radio 930 WTAD. This is Dennis Miller, and you're listening to the morning meeting here on Talk Radio 930 WTAD. One isn't two, and two isn't three. 
All of the problems they have in the NHL would be solved if they went to the traditional soccer score method, which is three points for a, a win, win, one for one a draw. For a and you could even do one for each and three for a win if you have an overtime like the Blues did last night. Well, that's the thing. That I would mean, encourage people to play for the three, which then open the games up and gives you a more exciting brand of hockey without fundamentally altering the structure of the sport. Well, but the NHL has overtime. And then a shootout, and see you. You take the shootout off the board, though, in that situation, because you can't give both teams points and then go to a shootout and award three. In my mind, no. Or just make all of them play till somebody wins, but then you don't need points because then it's just wins and losses. Right. All right, there you go. Our uh, structural reconfiguration of the point system in the NHL. (laughs) You want to hear the rest of it? Get the between the show segment that I'm sure producer Josh is going to have up. Uh, momentarily here on the morning meeting. Uh, Sean St. Grace Quaid hanging out with you this morning. Tonight's final presidential debate. We're less than three weeks out now, Quaid. Uh, it's a, okay. It's going to be a blur. Uh, this one coming up from Vegas. Uh, Vegas, home of uh, resort magnate Steve Wynn. Uh, he put out a, a very interesting uh, interview. I can't, I can't remember what program he appeared on. I believe it was on Fox. Uh, I can't remember which of their specific programs it was. But uh, he he is one who uh, has been active politically, uh, usually writes uh, large checks to uh, political campaigns. And he said that he has been disappointed by the tone that this presidential election has taken. And he had joined the uh, really chorus of voices who have said, we spent far too much time talking about everyone's less than stellar decisions from 10 years ago, 20 years ago, uh, private servers, what was said in the locker room. Why aren't we talking about what the country needs to do right now? And this is becoming Mm -hmm. across the aisle. I've had more people express this opinion to me on both sides of the aisle, people who have told me they will both vote for Hillary and people who will vote for Trump. And is this the role of the media for the salacious, the, the titillating versus the difficult homework of talking about substantive issues is are we essentially living in an all-encompassing clickbait environment at this point versus the, the, the deeper issues? Okay, how does your tax plan affect future growth of the economy? What will be the rising level of income? You know, these are all policy questions. Mm-hmm. Well, we, we live – got to take, take three steps back and look at the, the bigger picture. Uh, we, we live in a world that media-wise – has been fractured from the old days. You've got so many other things vying for your attention media-wise today mm-hmm. that you don't have a lot of wiggle room uh, to obtain the success level that media companies had in the past. So you have a, a different mindset when it comes to what their trying to achieve and and with these discussions about do you go for entertainment value and eyeballs or do you look to inform even though it might be boring because that might not bring the eyeballs and the eyeballs equal advertising dollar should news be separate from that can you not make news a a an entity that is looked at to generate revenue well, what, what you're describing is the problem on any level of what happens when you let sales dictate programming. So so where we are, you have these these media outlets who want the eyeballs so that it so they, they can have the 
the advertisers. That's why that's why these debates matter so much because this is that must see situation that in the past sporting events, the Olympics, uh, the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. uh, tend to tend to generate. They're trying to find places where everybody can come together and watch something at the same time, so that then they can you know crank up the ad rate and extract more money. Uh, from uh, advertisers. This and is that's happening with these general ones before and after because so when, you're seeing a commercial free platform. So when you're having this, these types of things go on, and, and I understand with, with the debate, but, but even leading up to it, mm-hmm. you know, the, the, you, you have what we're living in is, is a world where you, it, it, you're being teased a lot about certain things to keep you hanging on, to, to keep your eyes, to keep mm-hmm. your ears where, where they want them. And so at the end of the day, it's ad rev. It's not about... Uh, it's a succession of flash as opposed to substance. Right. And that's the, this is where we are right now. And, and either until we figure out a, a new paradigm or, or how to get this information out without going through it and living in a clickbait reality, mm-hmm. this, is, we're gonna, this is just what it is right now. I think there's an advantage, though, if you're the one who's trailing. And by nearly every poll and path of accountability, including projections now of the Electoral College, Trump is trailing. New Electoral College math uh, being touted by both sides of the aisle shows that if Hillary Clinton simply wins all the states that right now are heavily Democratic or leaning Democratic, she gets 310 votes and you only need 270 Electoral College votes to win the election. Mm -hmm. So with our goldfish-like memories of not being able to remember what we ate for lunch yesterday, it's probably to the advantage of the underdog in this situation because people have forgotten your shortcomings or the advantages of the opponent. And I think it's easier now than it ever has been to sort of reframe what's going on, to to rewrite what's been going on if you're in the underdog's shoes at this point because we, we don't have that long memory cycle. I would love to see them before the debate tonight ask about what what was your favorite moment from the previous two debates? How many people will be able to remember and, and tangibly hold on to that? Or are we just left with some sort of soft, well, mm. I felt like it was a draw. I think, I think we, when we've talked about this before, we're in an era of feeling uh, before thinking. And I think that will dictate how both Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump approach tonight's I- event. A- and I think you'll see both of them at least this is what I think. They'll try and be more presidential. They'll try and come across as that leader that we would like to see as a voting public uh, to be our president. Not, not th- this person who's throwing barbs or mm-hmm. is you know overly smug or is a little un- unseemly. I don't. I don't. We don't want our president to 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 be either one of those things. We want them to be presidential, and I think both of them will try and put that suit on tonight. No, no offense to to Hillary. I'm just using that. No, she's term. got a pantsuit. Sure. It's fine. Okay. So we'll see. I, I think that both of them have to keep their eye on the ball, and at this point, appeasing your base does nothing because they're locked in. You have to start making the appeal to those who are still thinking about who they're going to pull the lever for. And believe it or not, those people are out there. Yes, they, they are out there. And and I think it's an, it's an easy message to stay on if you're Donald Trump. She is the career politician who has been presiding over the shortcomings of the system 
I'm the one who can change it. If you believe in a government of the founding fathers to where we were citizens who served for a time the public, I am the career private sector citizen. I am willing to put that aside and serve. Or do you want more career politician and more of what's been going on? I think less barbs, like you said, less red meat for the Trump base. They're already locked in. Mm -hmm. But more of the drawing a paradigm without without throwing uh, assumptions about, you know, hate that's in her heart or, or, or a really, really lousy person or she failed bigly. You know, these are all, all phrases we're likely to hear tonight. I think he needs to stay away from that. And I think he appeals more to the, to the undecided if he stays away from that and just draws a simple dichotomy. She's establishment. She's been in the belly of the beast. She is a symptom of what's wrong with the country. I'm the private citizen who is willing to, under the Washington Jeffersonian model, give up some of my time in the private sector to serve for a limited time. I think becoming a little bit more high-minded and getting to some policy things. She wants single-payer medicine. I want free markets. And just emphasizing these things, I, I think that's where he has to go. And, and for her, I think if you don't let th- that debate take place, you actually come out ahead. She's up four to six to, in some polls, nine points at this point. So if you, if you Tim Kaine it, if you interrupt, if you obfuscate, if you object at every moment and never let a debate actually happen, mm. it's probably a win for her because then he doesn't get to make that appeal. So will she go high-minded or will she try to sort of stay stay in, in the mud? Um, I think it, it helps her to stay in the mud. Um, it, I think he's got a much easier uh, sell tonight mm-hmm. than she does mm-hmm. because if she tries to, to to go that route too of being hey i'm going to be watch me be presidential she's got to sell status quo and that doesn't play to her advantage a- at all i i think the the voting public understands so so essentially what she's trying to sell tonight beyond status quo is with trump you don't know she's got to sell the fear of the unknown which is him. interesting because it's usually conservatives who are given that charge by liberals. Oh, they're selling fear. Right. She's she's selling. So now well, she and, has to dip into the other. She won't say yeah. fear, but it'll be, you know, the, the chaos of what will happen mm-hmm. if he becomes president. And, and as far as we, the citizens, go, the chaos on our end will be nothing compared to the chaos in D.C. And really that's, I, I think, what she re- will be reflecting if, if she approaches it that way. And, and again, I think she... I'll be disappointed if she takes the route of I'll interrupt and obfuscate mm-hmm. and not let him get points out. And it'll be interesting to see if Wallace allows that. Well, I was just going to bring Wallace. up Chris Wallace. I yeah. think you're going to see a lot different tone in this debate with him being the moderator tonight than we've seen in the previous two. Obviously, it's going to be different from the town hall style format. You're going to be back to a more more mm-hmm. formal candidates on stage podium sort of thing. So we'll see where this goes. I think I think the difference in how the moderator runs the event is going to be stark. Uh yes, compared to the to the previous two. Now Wallace likes to get his his pointed questions in, but I mm-hmm. think he'll do it to, to both and of them. That's fine. Uh, yep. Yeah, but I think he'll do it to both of them, not just her.
8 o'clock tonight, final presidential debate. Uh, many outlets along the way. Pick your favorite, and we'll be certainly talking about this, uh, not only breaking it down tomorrow, but uh, a final go at him with Craig Robinson on Friday as well. All right, coming up, who has tried to solve the quote-unquote gun problem in this country by sneaking in to your social media? I'll detail it next here on The Morning Meeting. Giving conservatives a voice in the tri-states. I mean, this stuff moves people. It's the morning meeting on Talk Radio 930 WTAD. WTAD. Just a couple of moments left this morning here as we wrap up the Wednesday edition of the morning meeting. Thanks again to Travis Aiken from iLaw for being on the show with us. You missed any of it, you can grab the podcast just as soon as the show is over. Also, uh, very, very quickly, uh, if you want to find out about judges in the state, IllinoisJudges.net. Uh, of course, Travis's uh, site, IllinoisLawsuitAbuseWatch.org. One organization has taken it upon themselves to inject themselves into the quote-unquote gun control debate in this country. If you are an Apple product user, you may not have noticed, but if you go into your icons now, Apple has replaced its long-standing icon of a revolver with a squirt with gun. A squirt gun. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Congratulations, Apple. This hasn't solved anything. But it doesn't make him feel better. That's not what I'm worried about. Feelings. You're talking to the wrong person if you're interested in feelings. Because... <laughs> You know, I, I've I, known that for a long time. That's just a sad situation. If if the south side of Chicago starts going at each other with with squirt guns rather than uh, semi-automatics or revolvers or pistols, that's that's fine. I'll give you the win on this one. But no announcement was made. They just ambushed regular users and forcibly, literally at digital gunpoint, took my revolver symbol away from me. I thought that was very cowardly because my texts always hit exactly what I aim at. Too sneaky, Apple. Too sneaky. That's going to do it for us this morning here on the morning meeting. 8 o'clock tonight's the presidential debates. Can you even get that squirt gun emoji on the south side? Chicago might not let that squirt gun emoji even be available in the Chicagoland area. As tight as they are with the regulations on uh, Halloween costumes there, Mm -hmm. you might not even be able to get that. All right. There was another issue brought up about a Hillary presidency that I'd never heard before. Maybe they'll address it tonight. If not, we'll get to it tomorrow here on the morning meeting. Morning meeting adjourned. Join us again tomorrow for the best talk in the tri-states. The morning meeting on Talk Radio 930 WTAD.